New ideas and new technology are causing seismic shifts in the media industry. Where are we headed? What does it mean? Keep listening. Media strategist Gabriella Mirabelli talks with the brightest minds in entertainment and business. Meet the innovators, the risk takers, and the disruptors on the front lines of change from Hollywood, Wall Street, Silicon Valley, and beyond. The future is coming to a screen near you. Are you ready? This is the Up Next podcast with Gabriella Mirabelli. Welcome to Up Next. I'm your host, Gabriella Mirabelli. My guest today is Peter Sisson. Peter is a serial entrepreneur with a master's in AI from Stanford. He's working to fight fake news, fake reviews, and fake products. Today, we'll be discussing the misinformation that has exploded in recent years and what he hopes his latest company, Certify It, can do to help. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Gabriella. Why did you decide to start certify it. You're a, you are a serial entrepreneur. You see white spaces. What's the white space that you saw? In 2016, I saw my first deep fake video. It was a deep fake of Obama saying something he never said. And back then that put a big exclamation point in my head that, uh-oh, these tools are getting better and better. And now with 2022 being a transformational year for artificial intelligence and generative AI, all these tools have been made available to everybody mm. to fake things more easily than ever. And, you know, my, my question was, how does democracy work if nobody knows the truth? I think we've found out what can Not happen. Not so well. It turns out. Yeah, not so well. Not so well. Exactly. So that's kind of the mission here is to provide a way, really a tool for consumers to use to prove something is what it says it is. And all the tool is, is a way to request a video that can't be tampered with. So first of all, I want to just go back a, a teeny bit, which is so 2016, deep fake video, Obama. Now these tools have been democratized. You might yeah. say. Um, mm -hmm. How big a problem, is there a dollar value we can put against this as a problem? Is it is it just a is it just a political social issue or is there also a business issue? Because some people only get excited if there are dollars attached. Oh, there are many, many dollars attached. So if you look at online fraud, just different categories. So review fraud, fraud, fake reviews that you see on TripAdvisor, on merchant sites like you know, Amazon and Etsy, on eBay, fake restaurant reviews, that that category is 200 billion per year that it oh costs my gosh. The, wow. the legitimate companies and lost business. If you talk about online fake products in general, counterfeit products and include the value of those counterfeit products, the total is 500 billion, half a trillion dollars each year of legitimate businesses steered towards criminals. Mm. Now, what about fake videos, which is really sort of the heart of certified? Well, right? so fake video, the primary concern I have for fake video is people being able to obviously influence the news and what have you. But also as video, I think, is going to become more and more common as a tool to verify that you are who you say you are. The fact that we can fake it so easily and make ourselves do things we never did or be places we never were, that is how fraudsters can take advantage of, of these tools. So, and the idea with Certify It is that video, you know, seeing is believing right now with generative AI, 
AI seeing is no longer believing, mm. uh, but we want to make sure that there's one place still where you know seeing is believing, and that's with a certified video. So the concept reminds me a bit of Snopes, which is that site where you can text if check if text is rumor or true or a mm-hmm. bit of both. And you've said that you know this is a site where you can see if a video is real. Now, how does the product work? Does it only work on a go forward basis? Like, do I have to say, please send me a certify it video or can I put a video I got into it to determine if it's real? The former. The reason we don't do ex post facto video verification is that is a that's that's going to turn into an arms race it already is much like the fight against spam we've been fighting spam for two decades and we still get spam and this these these tools are going to just arm people with ways to create fakes so all that certify it does is in dating profiles for example there's a chance that the person on the other end is not who they say they are. So although it's awkward, you could say, hey, can you send me a certified video before we actually meet just so I know you are who you say you are. So it provides a a tool to protect yourself against fake profiles and predators. If you look at Airbnb, I think we all know that the photos are fisheye, make everything look better. (laughs) (laughs) I had a friend whose family rented a place in Italy and they got there and the photos were like four years old. The place had would, had become totally decrepit and they were traveling in August. So finding an alternative in Europe was impossible. So it really kind of wrecked their vacation. And so if you're about to drop a ton of money on an Airbnb, it certainly seems reasonable to ask the host, hey, just send me a video, a certified video, so I can see what it looks like right now. And I can see how big it actually is because the way Certify It works, it just, it captures a video. It forces you to tag it with its location within 150 meters of where you are. So you can't pretend to say you're on the beach if you're actually, you know, a couple blocks away. Exactly. It's, it's, it's kind of a narc app. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, you can bust, you bust people. Your, your kid is like, I'm, I'm at school, I promise. And you say, send me a certified video and you'll know exactly where they are. So, and then the other thing we do is that the video uploads off your phone. You never actually get access to the file. It doesn't go into your photos and videos. It goes onto our server right away before you can do anything to it. And then we lock it down there and we stream it from a secure link when it's played back. So the there's only one source file. It never gets copied or spread around the web. And that valid source only streams from a valid certified link. So you know the video happened when it says it happened, where it says it happened, and that what you see in the video actually happened as shown. Okay. Well, you mentioned the link and you also mentioned using it on your phone. So do I need to have an app on my phone in order to create, like I'm the Airbnb owner or I am the date and I need to prove that I am who I am and I look how I look. So do I need to get an app and put it on my phone and then photograph or do I, how does that work? That was this, so yeah, you have the producer to have of the, the video. How do, so I have yeah, to get the producer has to have the app. So that, you know, this is a really tough go to market for us. I'll be well, honest. Well, I was just I was just going to say one of the things <laughs> is that is a lot the name of friction. Of the game. There's a lot of friction here. In fact, the whole purpose is introducing friction. It is. Right. It's the opposite of what we're used to, which is you know more anonymity, more privacy. This is 
blunt force transparency. And it's going to be socially awkward to ask someone to say, hey, you're basically saying, hey, I don't trust you. So can you download this app, which you have to do? You have to install the app. And, and then use this app to record the video and send it to me. Now, the app is very simple. You just sign in with your phone number. You don't have to create any kind of named account. And it just, there's a record button, you record. It shows you a map where you can slide around to tag within 150 meters, and then it uploads it and you're done. So have you, have you formed any partnerships? I mean, at the top of the conversation, we talked about the Obama video and obviously news is an issue. Yeah. Have you formed any partnerships with news organizations so that their stuff is all certify it and people know it's real or alternatively Tinder or other dating apps that they, this is one of the things that they offer to their people is any communication is certified so that, so that you have partners who are getting people used to the thing or, or no. Gabriella, you are a smart marketer <laughs> because that's exactly what we have to do. And that's what we are doing, you know, business development. So I've already been in touch with, I don't know if people remember Miles O'Brien at CNN. He was a reporter. He did the morning show with Soledad O'Brien for a little while, maybe a decade or so ago. And he now he reports for PBS NewsHour. So I've been working with him to figure out a way to get into CNN, mm-hmm. perhaps to bring back iReport. I don't know if you remember iReport, <clears throat> excuse me, but iReport was a citizen journalism tool that CNN offered from 2006, believe it or not, through about 2014. The reason they shut it down is because people started uploading fake stuff and right. they actually reported some fake news by accident with Steve Jobs' death. They accidentally reported based on uh, iReport video. So they shut it down, but this would be an opportunity for them to bring it back where they know that the videos are authentic. Right. How long have you, so you haven't formed any of these partnerships as of yet? That is that's still mm-hmm. in the works. No, okay. that's in that we, we spent the second half of last year rebranding because we originally had a, a travel related mission, but COVID, we launched right before COVID with a travel app and that wasn't going to be very useful during COVID. So we pivoted to this and we completed the software changes and the rebranding of the website just a couple months ago. So now we're basically reaching out. I've already talked to some folks, an ex-Airbnb person, and I'm just now trying to find my way into some of these other vendors to see if they want to offer it. And I think they would simply because it, it reduces their liability if they provide a tool, as I understand it, that consumers can use to protect themselves. And if they don't then use that tool, then it's on the consumer. So I think it may appeal to the companies because it might provide some legal cover. Well, it's certainly, it's an interesting differentiator in any number of verticals, anywhere where you have people coming together, you have the dating population, you have real estate, not just travel. I know that there were summer rentals, people are renting places that they didn't actually own on Cape Cod. And then people would show up mm-hmm. to rent a place that wasn't really theirs. That they had really, and... and so anywhere where you have housing crunches, the, the, the miss becomes an opportunity. And it would be a differentiator for that business. If I work in a business, then that would be kind of interesting to be able to say all of our videos are certified. They're not. Yeah, safe. But absolutely. then you as a company end up hosting a lot of videos. Mm-hmm. We're so okay with that. <laughs> well, but what's the revenue? I mean, you want, if you want the citizens, model. 
Well, exactly, because if you want citizens to upload this app to their thing and then they've got to do, that's a lot of friction. And if you make it cost them something, they're not going to want to do it. Already it's yeah, there's no way. So who pays? There's no way we can charge. So it has to be the partner. And so I have, I'm working with someone who's an ex-Wall Street type who really understands how different financial drivers impact stock price. And he's like, the only way you're going to sell anything to any of these companies is to show that you can have a meaningful impact on either profits or revenue or what have you. And where, for example, Airbnb and the other sites have problems are with one, the totally fake hallucinatory listings hmm. that, that you mentioned that cost them millions and millions every year. And then they have, you know, the disgruntled, this isn't what you said it was, which also costs them money to deal with. And so, and then they also have a verification for verified listings, which they do manually with background checks and all of that. If they included a certified video in that process, that could speed that up and reduce costs. So mm. the pitch... So the pitch is on the savings in terms of claims and problems and and then figuring out how much of that we can take in return for offering the service. Probably like a third of it. If we can take a third of what we save them and they still save two thirds, that could be interesting. So, so the answer is really the business model is a little bit TBD. It's really going to depend on what the market is telling us as we get into meetings with these companies, but it's going to come from the companies, not from the end users. Well, it'd be interesting if you made a deal with Apple or Samsung or Google for the phone. So if yeah, anything you it sure was, would be. Which if, 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 because then it would force truth. Yeah. But of course, then the and next that, question is, is, okay, the minute you force truth, there's hacking. So uh, how do you- Well, and a great point. So how do we prevent that? So that's that's really the core of, of our architecture. So everything's battened down the same way it would be for Google or anybody else, because we use the same, we use AWS and we use Google Cloud. So we're literally on the same servers as Amazon and, and Google, right? And they mm. provide those servers. And so those are locked down like Fort Knox. The other thing is it's not like email lists that get hacked or leaked. These are HD videos and a server. They're big fat files. Right. But I, if I just, we're talking about if we're talking about foreign actors who are interested in exploiting and heightening divisions in communities. Mm. And they've created a deep fake because, you know, people love sharing things that trigger their anxiety and their anger. You know, <laughs> ooh, let's this is outrageous. It's unbelievably outrageous. Right. Maybe it's unbelievable. People love but, getting outraged. Right. People people love being outraged, right? So so some of these institutional governmental bad actors have deep pockets. They can hack into places like that. I, well, right. that's a great question. I think it'd be extremely difficult. You hear of data breaches, but they're usually man-made somehow by accident. For anyone, they would have to get into our servers and subtly alter the videos without us knowing. And first of all, they can't get into the servers without us knowing, because we'll know. And if they're hacking, if somehow they got in there and tried to alter a video, that'd be very sophisticated and very complicated for them to do. But then we would know. And so we would just stop that video if there somehow that could happen. The beauty 
of this model versus every other model for content creation distribution is that our files are on a leash. They're not. So here's another, here's another question though. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ad revenue clicks, video is huge. That's where the money is, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I am a digital publisher. Let's say I'm a news publisher. And I mm-hmm. think, okay, it'd be great if we knew that all of our videos were, we should say they're the real thing. But if that means right. all of my traffic is not going to stay on my site, I don't know if I like that so much. Well, the links will still be on your site and the videos will display on your site. So that I want to make that perfectly clear. Okay. That, so you still get the traffic. All that ha- it's similar to, I'm not, it's actually not similar to YouTube. It's, it's actually more, it's, I think YouTube will open up a YouTube player. We don't do that. We just play the video embedded within your site. There's a way you can do that. So no, you wouldn't lose the traffic. And I can't download it. There's something in your tech that makes it be that I can't download it. I can't screen cap it. I can't do you, you can try. We turned off the ability to right-click download, but that doesn't mean you won't that be able mean, to download I mean, is it, it. Is it watermarked in such a way so that... I know, for instance, when I was working a gazillion years ago for film companies and we had movies before they were released and they would Mm -hmm. watermark things so that if it was Mm. our if it was our copy of the movie that leaked, they would know because any screen grab, it would have something that was very identifiable that this was the file. So is there anything like that embedded in it? What's to prevent somebody from, you know, you can screen grab, you can video screen grab. And so embedded in that video, is there an identifier? Is there something so that if it's changed a frame or two or pixels altered, that it it doesn't show up? It, it doesn't look the same. Or you're saying that, you know, how can I not, how can I, if I'm, I'm on Facebook and I want to share this thing because I can't believe it's true, but it's a certified video. So it must be true. But it, must it be true? Can I share it? Is it possible to share a certified video? So you can share the link and then it will expand into a preview pane with a play button wherever it's shared. There, the only way the watermark is visible is when it's streamed from our link. So if it's a loose file, it's not watermarked intentionally because then it won't show the link. If it's, if it's a recording, like, a, like I screen recorded the video rather than trying to download it, it would show the little certified reality watermark. That's our trademark for this type of content, certified reality. It would show that watermark, but it wouldn't have the link because it's a loose file. And so there's really no way to fake have it, both. Say. So to have both a watermark and a certified link, that would be tricky is what you're saying. Yeah. Now that's coming though. And let me tell you how through we're partnered with a group of there's like 250 tech companies and what's called the content authenticity initiative. It's led mostly by Adobe because they have so many of the authoring tools with Photoshop and what have you. Yeah, and so the they're working like change on... everything. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, exactly. And so they're like, oh, maybe we should try to do something to track that. And so they are working, they have a standard that they've put out. It's an open source standard that allows a cryptographic embedding of the change history of a file in the file itself so that when it's opened in a participating app that edit history from the very beginning 
is captured so you can revert back to the original file but what they haven't solved is the provenance problem where did the where where did the file originally come from so if the file is originally fake the first time it's published then they're tracking changes to something that's already fake so that's not going to stop anything and that's where we come in we're the only one out there that can absolutely uh positively this sounds like a fedex commercial <laughs> guarantee that you know the video is 100% true do you see blockchain playing a part in that eventually because it tracks you know, uh, they are talking uh, about it yeah so the folks at adobe that i'm speaking to are definitely looking into ways to use blockchain to do mm -hmm. that you know our feeling right now is you know stay very focused on this solving the provenance problem is the original file accurate and then we're letting the rest of the industry handle the change tracking so in that case like you would be able right. like if we were doing it with cnn for example we would have to allow the files to be exported into their content management system so they can be packaged up and included in broadcast and what have you so they will absolutely need to be able to download the files yeah. what's interesting is by doing that because you've certified the originator of the file that also helps make sure that those people are credited with their photo or their stuff. Absolutely. So if there's revenue eventually attached to rights to that image. That's a great point. This is a great platform for people who care about rights to their content because you have a leash on your content. It can't spread around the web authentically anyway because you have it on a link and the only way to view the originals from that link. So is it is it only video or do you also do still photos? Right now it's only video. We could do still photos since video is just a bunch of still photos. We haven't because still photos, we believe don't fully capture. As you know, a photo can be very misrepresentative because it's just a single slice of a millisecond of time. And video is so much better at conveying what's actually happening because you see the movement and you see the frames and, and that's much harder to fake. Well, what's interesting, though, is is where we are with generative AI. And I think a lot of people also underestimate the speed with which it is. TikTok, which is often thought of as being so authentic, people don't like filters. Well, they have filters now, <laughs> which everybody was sort of blowing up around. They're like, oh, it's amazing. You you don't see the, you don't have the sort of green screen problem. You know, you, you have clean edges. And, and this is all because mm -hmm. the AI is figuring out how to do it. So it's interesting. The world's going to change very fast. I mean, I've been, I, I have an AI degree, a master's degree from Stanford that I got 30 years ago. And it's taken 30 years for AI to finally actually tip. Well, it's at that inflection so, point now, though, isn't it? I mean, this, is, this is, is the thing that I think a lot of people don't understand. It's sort of like that, that chessboard and you have, you know, the rice doubling from square to square until you actually, by the end of the chessboard, it's all the rice in the universe, you know, grains of rice, mm -hmm. even if you just started well, with what's, one. Yeah. And and what's good, what's, you know, exciting about this is as this, this, I, I have an analogy that I use to describe the magnitude of what's coming. First, we, as civilization advanced, one of the first advances was piping water into a house, right? That was huge. Then we then we piped electricity into a house. That was even huger because of all the things that could power and all the convenience. And then we piped the internet, which is access to information 
into people's homes. Now we're piping intelligence into people's homes. It, it, it's it, it's a whole new level of, of what we're piping into people's homes and what they can build on top of that. Well, that intelligence is, is, is profoundly well, intelligence uh, going I, I to alter say, the landscape. Intelligence has connotations about value. I would say it's it's information. It's not necessarily yeah. intelligence, you know, that to the point of this whole conversation of misinformation, it's piping information, which may be good and it may be bad. And and in some ways, are we getting lazy because we're not remembering we've gone from the machine uh, machine world to a digital world and we've gone from tools to generative like these aren't tools yeah, that people are yeah. using. These are tools that are generating stuff on their own or can. And so Well, let me let me actually address that because these are tools that people are using and that's where the impact is, is going to be. So let me give you some examples of how I've used it. I described a web page that I wanted and detail, and ChatGPT gave me the code. Oh gosh, really? And posted into Webflow. And there was my web page. Oh, um, I wish I had had that. I hadn't even thought of doing that. I just built some websites. Yeah, it's pretty and it was really, really hard. Yeah, the websites that can do at this point are pretty simple, but they'll get more complicated. I use it. So I had to, I'm applying for a European or a UK, it's called a global talent visa. So I had to do tons and tons of letters of recommendation from people and, and my own personal statement and all this stuff. So I just fed in my resume, my LinkedIn resume, I said, write a personal statement that maps my experience to the benefits I can provide to the UK tech sector. And it wrote a beautiful letter that built on all my experiences and tied them into what the UK is looking for. And then with my letters of recommendation, one was the professor of from Tuck. So I said, here's a professor of Tuck. This is the work he's done. This is the work he's seen me do write a recommendation letter from him about me. It wrote that letter. I then sent it to him. He did a minor edit and signed it. Wow. I used it. Yeah. Okay. So everything well, that you do, hmm. you can accelerate and well, the implications are going to be. The implications are pretty, well, there are some yeah, pretty big ones. You know, it's funny. Huh? Plato said that the people who invent something new, create a new tool or technology are not necessarily the people who are going to understand the social impact of those inventions. <laughs> and then complaining Indeed. about, he also was complaining about writing, writing, <laughs> you know, really? so if men learn this, it will implant forgetfulness in their souls. They will cease oh to exercise memory because they rely on that which is written, calling things to remembrance no longer from within themselves, but by means of external marks, a recipe not for memory, but reminder. Hmm. So interesting. It is still interesting. relevant. Well, it's still relevant because a lot of the complaints around generative AI is it's not actually writing. It's a pastiche of other things. So it's not a it's Well, that not is, a is true. And and so the, you know, the people I was just reading about open AI a little bit more about sort of the internal goings on when chat, they actually didn't think chat GPT was much. They're like, eh, they weren't that excited about it. And it's only when they put it in front of consumers and it blew up and then they saw all the things that consumers were doing with it, that they realized what they had. So you're absolutely right. It can't create anything new. It can only recombine and re 
sculpt whatever it's been trained and it will spit back whatever its training data, whatever the highest probability of a response would be to that question. But it turns out that with so much data, the highest probability response can be very, very specific. And that's and that's where the prompt engineering comes in. This is why now I was just talking to an AI PhD at Rochester Institute of Technology. He's starting a course on prompt writing because oh students well, are of demanding course, because it. People, yes, people need to. Well, we have there are so many different angles this could go. And I certainly think it will be interesting to see who you partner with, with Certify It to help counteract this increasingly easy ability that people have to misrepresent who they are, what they have, or what other people have been saying. So thank you so much for your time. Thanks, Gabrielle. I really appreciate you having me. We've reached the end of another episode of Up Next. I'd like to close by thanking my production team at Up Next, my friend Rob Naughton, the voice artist who recorded our open, and of course, all of you, the members of our audience. Thank you. I'll be talking to you again next time right here on Up Next.